kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and scribble. Why didn't you do? Why didn't you? Why didn't you want to do the thirty-second countdown? What is that, dude? Was that just? I don't a, know. That was awesome. Oh, bro. is that just for me not to swear for thirty seconds? Oh, Put I that up so. there so I can't talk for thirty seconds. Sick. So, how excited are you about these rogue workouts? One to ten. Rogue Invitational. One to ten. Programming wise, where does it fall on that metric measurement scale of favorite? events favorite programming favorite workouts how much do you like it if i knew the two that hadn't been announced whether i whether i really like the workouts or not i would easily say it's a nine but just because i don't know what those two are mm. i'll give it like a 8.7 for what it is now it's a nine over a nine yeah yeah for over, sure over no, this a is a. I would say this is my most favorite rogue programming to date for sure. Better than better. How many of the CrossFit games is it better than? All but one or two? I don't even. I, last year was 10 events at Rogue. Yeah. And that's the most. I mean, Dubai probably has had 10 before. I don't think you can really compare anything. Oh, you can. In, unless, unless, there, unless there are 12 or more. I don't think you can compare. I like this better. This, this is the first man, maybe since 2017 where I've just looked at the workouts as a whole and been like, holy shit, I love them. And I haven't dug deep enough into is it really balanced, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't, yeah. haven't dug super deep into that yet because we know 2017 games is not super balanced. If you're good at running and squatting, you're going to podium. Um, but, dude, the workouts are freaking sick and so pumped to watch the races on some of these. Well, you know – how biased I am to strongman implements, to odd objects. Right, right. Like rarely do I even have more than one barbell in a competition. Yeah. So just that alone, Rogue is always something that I'm really excited about seeing because unlike me who's hamstrung by the amount of money that I can spend on new implements, they have Are you though? Are you they, they have they have none of that. So they can right. literally do whatever they want. And that, that that freedom and knowing that like they are the equipment for the whole sport is like uh, I would one day I want to know what that really feels like. Yeah, That's, which is God the the freedom that they have is yeah. fuck. Yeah, I'd and, suck, and, yeah, and I, I think suck and, something and I, for that kind of freedom, but I'm not sure what. And I think it's not I'll, it's not done yet. Like I I think there's a in the last two workouts I think we there's potential to see something we've never seen in a competition before. Dude, I'm so pumped. I, ah, can't wait. Can't freaking wait. I mean, look, there's also the potential for them to let us down in those last two announced events. But the way everything else around it looks, man, it just likes it just looks like as a team, Katie, Josh, Chris are getting better and better, which is like what you want to see. You want to see things evolve and get cooler and better. Um, so before we talk any more about that, we're going to talk a little bit about, um, the elite workouts for my competition. So I just have to see over the top of my laptop so I can see the bottom of the screen of my monitor so I can click present so I, we can pull these workouts up. 
Um, share screen. No, not that one. Uh, here we go. Boom. All right. So the CrossFit Charlotte Classic, the Charlotte Classic, year three competition I started in Charlotte. Pretty cool. A little different than Crucible. Not quite the star power, but it's a semifinal regional level-esque programmed competition with an elite division, an RX division, community division, and a master's 40-plus division for individual individual competition no team this year and for anyone out here who is wondering why taylor likes event one from rogue so much (laughs) exhibit exhibit a dude what do you think of i love this workout this is like um if i was given 100 workouts and someone told me that you only wrote one of them of the hundred and i saw this i would immediately say that's the one taylor wrote (laughs) Yeah, I mean, everyone has a style. Everyone has, um, like, uh, I think the mindset that you program with and thinking about the mindset of the athlete while doing the workout really shows in programming like this. Because you're not only, like, testing fitness and testing long capacity, you're testing mindset. Like, do you want to hold on to the 100 squats? Because if there was a million dollars on the line, everyone you could. could. Yeah, you could. But – are people going to want to? Probably not. Are well, people, people going to want to um, run hard with the dumbbell on their back or are they just going to like slowly jog? Yeah. And that's the thing that's not really stated here is that 0.5 mile run on either side of the squats is with the dumbbell. So truly it's do you want to hold on to the dumbbell for 50 snatches, half a mile run, 100 squats, half a mile run, and 50 snatches. So for 20-ish minutes, maybe more. Do you want to hold on to that dumbbell? Um, I initially, well, I got, how often do you run with a dumbbell? Do you ever, have you ever? I have, but maybe like once, like once with a kettlebell on my shoulder, once with a dumbbell on my shoulder, not not often. The only thing I really do in the position that you're showing on the picture or with it on a single side is like when I'm doing step ups. Hmm. That's it. So I got, I started doing this like running with a dumbbell or using or using stuff like that in workouts maybe it was 2017 i was like brand new to crossfit and street horner posted a workout that was just a hundred mile dumbbell carry with a hundred and you couldn't put it down (laughs) i remember seeing that and thinking holy fuck uh you know i was a newbie a hundred pound dumbbell was like a fucking 500 pound snatch for me at the time it just was like this insane dumbbell that i couldn't even pick up um so that's where the idea entered my mind long ago. And I just love that style of, yeah, there's a lot of fitness tested here, but there's also an element of psychological tolerance. And that's why I love that first event from Rogue. It's just like you look, you have to be fit to win the workout, but you also have to be able to hurt. And yeah, you can't be soft. You can't be a coward. That's sure. near and dear to my heart. But, uh, and why, dude, why the, what, so, so was that the inspiration that street horner workout? Because a lot of people would look at this and say, you could have just used the go ruck bags, feed bags that you have. Why did you decide not to? Um, because I wanted something different than just a squat. So like I wanted that 
dumbbell movement. I wanted a dumbbell movement, a snatch or a hang snatch. I really wanted one for high volume. Um, I wanted them to squat with weight and I wanted them to run with weight. And I just thought like, yes, I could have taken the go ruck bags out there, but I thought it like how many people run with a dumbbell? Yep. You, no, I you love don't it. Do that I mean, lot. it's just, yeah. just, it's just like using the jerry cans last year. Right. It's just Not a like, lot of people yeah. do it. And it's such an easy, it's, it, it highlights the simplicity of CrossFit and the simplicity of fitness where all you need is one fucking dumbbell and you can mangle yourself as much as you want to, but it really falls, comes down to how much do you want to. Um, and the course that they're going to be running it on is so freaking cool. It's, it's literally a three minute walk from the gym. It's one of the state's premier cross-country courses, 5K cross-country courses. There is a hill on this course that is probably worse than the Rogue Hill. Um, it's like you can't bike up it. That's how steep it is. How long is it? The hill? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say it's like 40 yards so maybe 120 feet, maybe a little so, longer. So you know the steepest hill behind the barn? Is it about like that one? It's steeper. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's quite a bit steeper and a little bit longer. Yeah, it's brutal. Because I feel like I could bike up that hill. This one, it's like you're – yeah, it's brute. So love it. Um, I don't know people in the chat. 32 minutes for this workout. Uh it took me a little longer than 32 minutes. It's funny you say that. The the people from Crash that are signed up, I'm going to have them all over um, to test this workout at the barn. Like, I just, I know what's a mile on the trail loops. I know what half a mile is, and we're just going to do it. Nice. Are so you going to do it? it? Yeah, I'll do it with them. Hell yeah. Well, let me know how it goes. Yes, queen. Um, next workout. Uh, I think we talked about this one already, yeah? Yeah, so is this also on Friday or is this Yeah, it's, this day? is Friday. Friday morning, mid-morning, Friday afternoon. So you get a look. You get 100 squats with all that running, nice dose on the legs, and then finishing Friday off with the last bit of squatting. Just a, a mere 45 reps, but to me a very important and dense 45 reps like you you have to hit them with a purpose likely if you want to win the workout you need to go unbroken on all of the squats um so just a level of intensity but also execution here that really matters like on the rings pushing to your threshold while avoiding failure same thing on the l set and still being able to front squat and overhead squat quickly is yeah is there's, there's a there's a some really cool um like comparison between event one and here right you have <laughs> all those light squats with a very low skill dumbbell cycling movement. And then you go from that to much lower rep count of squats, heavier with some higher skill stuff in between. And it's uh, dude, I mean, very similarly to the bar muscle up back squat workout at rogue for the people that can do that else it in like maybe three chunks or even two chunks that's a quick turnaround on those squats. Mm -hmm, and while mm -hmm. the numbers may not stand out as like super heavy, I think they're going to feel a lot heavier than people think. Oh yeah. Especially with all that tax on the, the trunk hip flexor. Um, so really long, then pretty short. I think shorter than it reads this workout is, you know, likely 
The fastest, the fastest time, like uh, Emily B. Roth. What is she going to do this in? Uh, I think people do this workout in like five minutes. I was thinking five. Yeah, yeah. I think that's for sure five minutes. Moving. Uh, well, the thing is, dude, she's great at dips. We have no idea how she is at L-sits. That's such an unknown. It's, again, like I, I, people should be training L-sits. I think over the past year or two, they have made a resurgence in terms of importance. But we will come to see how many people actually train them. I'm really interested to see how many people are fluid in cycling, kipping ring dips. That's my, I love that. And they're on the high ring. So it's like you, a, a break is expensive. Yeah. Because um, we, I mean, you, that's just one of those things. Like even when, even with the ring complex, you could just tell some people were really comfortable cycling ring dips with a ruck while some people just were not. And like, obviously this isn't loaded, but it's not something that's comes up a lot in competition. No. So it's even, I mean, you've got two really, really big, like unknowns here mm -hmm. with the L set and the ring dip, especially in the female field, because they're doing the exact same. And just in general, I would say that the capacity on something, even when it's kipping like a ring dip, is just like the, the range is so much more broad with the right. female field. And then you've got 15 overhead squats after it, which aren't heavy, but they're not light either. Yeah, but dude, yeah, I mean, you're you're getting closed up like this. You're getting closed up. You're getting it's rolled risky, forward, and then it's you a have risky to, weight. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, a break on the overhead squat is not a ten second break. No, like that's that's not happening. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of strategy for people that know they can't go unbroken for sure. Wow, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I gotta just pull this comment up a little bit. Oh. Uh, Self-made training program. <laughs> and then, thank you, Christian. Thank you. And I will say Rogue as well, based off of what we have so far this year, because, man, it is cool. Um, so event three for Elite, they go Friday. They have playing the mono, that long workout. That's the other thing I wanted to mention is all of these workouts are the names and kind of the theme behind them come from elements of Stephen King's The Dark Tower series, which is super cool, really niche, like not a lot of people. Well, that's not true. In terms of people who read, it's a, it's a very popular series, but half people will understand it and see it. If you've read any of it, other people will have no fucking idea what the names mean. But they're really cool. If you read the series, you'll see how each of these names fits the workout beautifully. Um, event three will be Saturday morning. They'll have this three, three, five minute interval with a minute of rest between, which adds up to 13 minutes of 13 bar muscle up by and 13 burpee sandbag get over a log. And then max calorie bike in the remaining time. And this workout is just unbelievably painful. Um, it is, but, and it is, and I did the first iteration that you did with the rounds. Yeah, yeah. I think this will be nastier. Third, I think it'll be smoother in the first two rounds, like we talked about. So we initially it was two rounds of eight bar muscle ups, five burpee getovers, mm -hmm. and I felt like the transitions just added too much wasted time, and I could get what I wanted out of it with thirteen bar muscle ups and thirteen getovers. So three less bar muscle ups, three more getovers. Um, and there's not a whole lot of room to get a lot of calories in the first two intervals 
doing it on jerk blocks, which is just so time consuming. But the implement that they'll be using in the competition will allow for quite a bit faster reps on the burpee getovers. But it's just it's a to get through the thirteen and thirteen and have any chance of a decent score, you have to push harder than you want to. Yep. And the fact that it's three on one off is just such a like how often do people test intervals like that at a hard capacity where like it's really not that much time to recover at all when working three minutes at that intensity. And you're not allowed to game it, right? Like there's a penalty if you don't get through those 26 reps, correct? Yeah, every rep of the buy-in not completed is a calorie subtracted from your total score. And that's awesome because a lot of people would see this and say, okay, if it's like AMRAP and I get 26, 26, 26, I would rather just do a few less burpees every time and hammer the bike on the five-minute round and try to make up for it. So I think that's great that you're forcing the intensity in that way. And 13, you know, 39 by the end of this at such a high heart rate, do you think the play on, like, just let's just talk about the guys' field. Is everyone just going to be saying, like, even though it's only a one-minute break, I got to do the 13 unbroken? I don't think you have to. I think when it was the two rounder, you had to do the eight unbroken, but I don't think here a really quick break on the bar muscle up of like eight and five, as long as the break is five seconds or less. I think this is okay. Are you texting? Nobody. (laughs) I was actually thinking about how long it would take, how much longer it would take. Because like you sent me your scores when you did it, and then I did it using a yoke which is faster mm-hmm. for sure because in it, but it's more like that log. It's probably not as, um, wide. it's a little slower than the log. The yoke is yeah. like, I think the log of the three is the fastest. This was the first workout I programmed for the competition. Um, iteration of this best, uh, best scores. I don't even remember what I got off the top of my head to you. What'd you get? Don't say it out loud. I don't know. Uh, I think best scores will probably be for the men around 10 to 15, maybe 12 to 15 calories on the first two intervals. Yeah. Um, And then on the fifth or the third interval of five minutes, I would expect like 50. I I was thinking 80 would be a really good score. Yeah. Yeah. So that adds up like 50 to 55 plus 12 to 15. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool workout. And you're ending on a machine, which is like about as painful as you can get. And you can't you can't game it because you can't look around and know where anyone is at. Yeah, you've got to go. Um, Four and five Saturday evening back to backs. Um, You know, this is it. It kind of just annoyed me that Ben Smith came out with that complex for dot com. I can't, I don't know if this was announced prior to or not, but I, you know, people have been doing it, but this is cool and way harder than I initially thought it would be when I was writing it up. The first part, especially like I had initially had written it for five, four, three, two, one, and it was Mm -hmm. just too much. Um, and I'm really good at wall facing and really good at wall walks. And I think the combination with the drag rope is just brutal. And so the way the workout flows is three, two, one, go, you do four wall walks. After your fourth wall walk, you go into four wall-facing strict handstand push-up. After your fourth wall-facing handstand push-up, you walk back down, and then you begin your set of three wall walks. 
one, two, three, then three wall facing, walk back down, one, two wall walks, then two wall facing, etc. I like this because it is such a low volume. It's it's bozzy in the turn in the sense that it's such a low volume, but they are so important and such expensive reps. Yep. And if you're one of those people that can race this a trip up on the drag rope is going to cost you. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people are going to go into this thinking I can do everything unbroken. Everything. Right. Not, not, not a lot, not a lot of people and race the it at the same it, time. But the fact that it's descending will help yes. that versus if it was, and you know, we talked about this too, about having it ascending and then descending on the second part. But like, I think starting with the big chunk is definitely the way to go. Yeah. D. Ascending was just a little too slow for what I wanted. I wanted two workouts that were higher skilled or heavier weight. Um, it still stung a little bit, but that people could hit really fast or the good people could hit really fast. And, and this accomplishes that. Um, I was 457 for the 54321 version. So the five minute cap for the 4321 version is more than appropriate. Um, and then I think for the clean handstand walk, workout power or squat um that's a cool one too 10 cleans at 275 200 foot handstand walk yeah i'm pumped about these two it'll be good the strongest person is going to win that second one as long as they're good at handstand walking and yeah and if they're if they're strong enough then they can race on the handstand walks if they're not strong enough then they already are exposed which is Mm -hmm. which is good because when you're trying to move that fast, the 275 fast, just resting another three to four seconds in between reps is going to be the difference in mm-hmm. four, five, six places. Event six. This and this will a, be this will be the first one for Sunday. Sunday. Or the, yeah, okay. first one on Sunday. This was another workout that started harder or longer, <laughs> and I had to shorten. It was initially six rounds, and that was just too. It was too much to get the intensity that we wanted in the time domain that we wanted, which was like, you know, 15 to 20 minutes max. And it won't be a 20-minute cap. That's a bit generous. It'll likely be – I'm not going to talk about the caps. But I think the best <laughs> athletes will be around 14 and a half minutes on this workout, and it's going to hurt to do it, which is – which, again, I like. It's very – there's a theme, obviously, through a lot of this – um, with the exception of four and five and two, like you're going to have to, you're going to have to hurt for it to win yeah. a workout. And with five rounds on a workout like this, starting out with a chunk that big on the rower, you're giving a lot of people the opportunity to make a poor decision in the early rounds by like rowing at a capacity that's nowhere close to what's appropriate for them. Mm. And you'll see a lot of people close gaps on rounds four and five just because of that. The people who are a little bit more experienced know that, hey, either my plan is to break from the beginning on the gymnastics and to try to hold on to the barbell, or if you're just someone that has crazy grip capacity, maybe that shoulder to overhead after what you did the day before on the handstand walk, wall walk workout, maybe your shoulders aren't feeling great. But that load, like I can't imagine many people planning a break on the barbell. Mm-mm. No, you shouldn't. Ah. Uh- I, it's not the smart place to break. I would say if there's any place, there there is a place to break. I don't even think going unbroken on the chest bar and toaster bar is necessary to win the workout. I think you're probably better off not doing that and rowing at a harder pace. But we'll see what people 
choose to try to do. It's a trap. It's like, oh, you know, unbroken is the best score, but that's not the case here because unbroken on the chest bar and toaster bar and the barbell leaves you rowing at a 1,000 cal per hour. You're not sure. winning the workout. Yeah, there's some cool creativity here, um, switching back and forth round for round on the hanging movement. I mean, it's not something I remember seeing ever in a competition. Did you give any thought at all, and this is not something that we've talked about previously, of doing 22 but doing 11 plus 11 every round? Oh, no, I didn't give any thought to that. And I can't change it now. <sighs> no. <laughs> no, but also, too, if you do That's that, yeah. if, you, if you do that, though, I think doing those chunks unbroken is like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do that then. I'm going to go 11, break for a second, 11, and then go right to the barbell. But I think having the 22 of the same movement is a lot more daunting and is going to allow for some more separation. So, no, I think the way you have it, I was just curious when I saw it. I was like, I wonder if he ever thought about doing 22 reps but split between the two movements. No, I didn't. I And I I like the 22-22 better because I want them to start and finish on toes to bar. I think it's for me at least. And this is why I had it starting finishing on toes to bar along with, there was already a lot of pulling in the competition was that I feel like when you are smacked around and hurting it's for me, it's easier to get up and knock toes to bar out than it is to get like to wrap my mind around how elevated my heart rate's going to get from doing chest to bar. Sure. Um, the toes to bar, like you can breathe and almost recover on toes to bar. So it's like, it doesn't matter how hard you're hurting in that last round after that fifth row, you should be getting right to the fucking bar and going to, to produce a bit of a race. Ideally. Um, no, it's, it's cool. I mean, not often do we see longer and I think like just 15 minute plus time domain workouts that are muscle stamina limiting. Usually when you get into that time domain, they're becoming more of an aerobic limitation. And here it's not. It's like you're you're going longer, kind of like that 10 round rogue workout. Like you're going longer and it really is gonna still gonna come down to probably not your heart rate, but it's gonna come down to your <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> yes is the answer. <laughs> uh <coughs> come on, dude. Um, uh, yes, yes. And yes. And kind of no, there were, there are things that allow me to rationalize making a 22 so that it looks good on paper. And that is with so much upper body pulling and then upper body pressing. And the fact that men generally speaking have a much easier time on the machines. I'm certain like 100% certain we've tested it that the the times will shake out per, almost perfectly even no, similarly to the community division workout which people initially were like oh i can't believe it's 22 cows for the men and 11 for the women that's stupid and then people did the workout and were like oh it's actually appropriate um but yes i just can't fucking stand okay if the men are doing 30 calories i'm gonna multiply by 0.7 and that's what the women are doing I like to have a little more flexibility depending on which workout it is, what's paired with it, how it looks on paper. Because for me, well, it, it also, it is different from workout to workout. Like if it's a workout like this where it's really machine heavy and upper body heavy, the females are probably going to have a little bit of a harder time than the men. If it's a workout that's 
machines and double unders, for instance, or something that's not harder at all for women to complete or like air squats, like the calories can probably be a little closer to men. If it's a really, if it's a group of really fit women, um, again, the calories can be quite a bit closer to men. So there's just a lot of uh, gray area that goes into it. Yeah, right. Back of the napkin math. It seems like a lot of people are getting better about adjusting reps, loads, um, machine output based on the workout itself, not just based on what's always used. Like if you, I mean, 2007 reload is the perfect example of this. Right. Everybody thought, I thought, you thought, everyone thought, why is he giving the women so much an easier load compared to the men on the shoulder to overhead after the bar muscle ups in the row? And it ended up being the perfect call. You saw the best two ever to do it fail on the same rep on the same round. Like you can't get more spot on than that. So I just think that, you know, when you see the 315, 205, what that just depends on what the workout is. Is the workout a ton of ring muscle ups? Then yeah, 315, 205 on a deadlift or a clean might be appropriate. If you have the workout and it's like box jump overs and deadlifts, no, it should probably be 225 or maybe even 235, mm-hmm. especially if the women are using a shorter box. So yeah, it's uh it just should depend on the workout, not just on well, this is the percentage or this is the this is the loading that we always use. Like the chipper at crucible. I know a lot of people were questioning not only the box being the same height, but the fact that it was a games box. So it was a longer jump and the females handled it just fine. And it really, really balanced it out Mm -hmm. because they were able to move the kettlebells so much better, a little bit easier than the guys. Mm -hmm. And this is the other thing that I believe because of how I personally am. And that is the way a workout looks on paper and reads has a very large role plays a very large role into how likely I am to want to do it and be excited to do it. I'm not going to get super excited to do a workout that just reads cumbersome and looks stupid and has all this weird shit. Whereas if it's like simple and elegant and like, wow, everything jives, it looks pretty. I'm like, fuck, it just gets me excited. It gets me going. It gets me all jazzed up. So yes, I'm flawed. Yeah. I know that uh, it probably uh, hinders my ability to program for sure. But me like thing, things like the triangle couplet, like give me nightmares. I always find, right. I always find myself in my own programming. Like I'll do EMOMs that are way too hard just because the numbers make sense. Whereas if I would adjust it like 17 reps here and nine reps there, it would be appropriate, but that looks so dumb. So I'm just going to mangle myself. Um, cool. Final workout. This one I'm super freaking excited for primarily because the last time we've seen the cut rope, I believe, was 2018 regionals. That sounds right to me. I don't know. Unless there's another event. What was filthy? Didn't one of those uh, European events do like a touch and go legless with a cut rope? But it was legless. They couldn't use the feet. Yeah. It's kind of like a two for one with a controlled descent. Yeah. So this is just fuck. Ah, man, I'm just really excited. Not a lot of people, again, not a lot of people practice on it. It is a huge wrench thrown into what you would assume is like a regular rope climb, being accurate with your feet, your foothold, efficient, doing them fast. And it is essentially fast, like that 2018 regional workout where, you know, it's an expensive rep, but you have to be super efficient and fast with them to get a good time and get a good score. And 
for this, you've got to be really good at the cut rope climbs, and you've also got to probably be able to do the dumbbell stepovers on broken. And people are going to watch athletes do the first four and three and think they know who's going to win the workout, and chances are it's going to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. There are going to be people that come out so hot when they're fresh on the rope and they look great, but after all that blood pooling on the stepovers, they're going to get back for the first rope climb and, like, you you have to take at least, I don't know, for a for a female, you think four legless pulls before you can clamp? Mm. Like I know you can do the thing like Brent. I mean, it would be cool to show a clip of Brent doing it, where he was so tall to where he just stood and pinched with his thigh, and then like immediately started to climb his way up the rope without really having to do any legless. But is there going to be someone that tall? Probably not. Um, no, I doubt it. I'm trying to pull up. <clears throat> I'm gonna pull up the video of me doing it. Well, I say you took pulls. like two, two, I and then two pulls every yeah. time. Yeah. Um, I think Hunter at our gym. I think she takes four. Did you say Wait, four or six? I was thinking four for the females. Yeah, at least. Um, and if you never practice that too, like yeah, you can you can cut you can cut a rope and do it. And I would recommend people do that if you've never been on a short rope because trying to find that clamp when that thing is just freaking flying around everywhere underneath you is not is not easy to do. Wicked hard. All right, here we go. Uh, okay, play the video. Jump, one, two, pull the feet, clamp, stand, touch. And then on the way down... I think this is the most efficient way to do a cut rope climb, or at least this is how I found to do them. Um, if it'll go back. So it's that jump one, two, pull the feet up, clamp, stand, touch, and then squat back in my feet, grab and drop. Um, but again, if they're not efficient and you can't do them quickly, like it's going to throw a huge wrench into your plans. And if you get here on game day, and you've never done them before. Like, the time under tension of you hanging onto the rope and fiddling around with your feet, trying to find a foot clamp is just going to fuck you up. Are you going to have one outside for them to practice with or no? No, (laughs) they don't have pigs at the game. So that's good. That's good to know. No, I mean, that's good to know if you're an athlete competing, like don't, don't plan on being able to mess with it unless you're going to get into town early. Yeah. So anyways, no, it's great. I, I love that you're bringing it back. Um, I've been waiting on the games to maybe bring it back. Me too. And, and yeah, it's just been cool. Like that in the thick rope hasn't hasn't really made a reappearance. So stoked, Rogue. All right, so let's talk about uh, Rogue a little bit more. Who do you think is going to win for the women? I won't pick against Laura. Time out. Time out. Until she gets beat. Sorry to interrupt. This has fucking nothing to do with Scott Panchik. This is the exact opposite of Scott Panchik. Or is it I can't I can't tell how to interpret this comment. Like people are going to fuck themselves up like Scott Panchik or Scott Panchik would be happy because I cut the rope. No, I I think he's the the latter. He would be happy because I cut the rope. No, I I think yeah, he's saying like there's not going to be any there's not going to be any excess on for anyone Alone to hurt ACLs. Themselves. Uh, that's a fifteen foot climb for everybody. If there, I don't, I don't know if there are any spots left. It's really tight. Like, if so, then one. Yeah, it's a fifteen foot climb. What I'm gonna do is. It RX, depends on who it is, Taylor. It depends on who it is. I guess it depends on who it is. Um, RX has 
regular rope climbs, and when they're done with their final, it's not their final. It's their first workout Sunday morning. When they finish that event, I'm going to go in and tape them all at 60 inches and cut them, which takes literally – this is why when that happened to Scott Panchik, I freaked out because we've done this several times at the gym. It, It takes fucking four minutes to cut a single rope. Tape it with duct tape, cut it right in the middle with a hacksaw, easy day. Um, I think, yeah, it's hard for me to pick against Laura too, going back to Rogue. I think Laura wins. If Tia does. If Tia does, I'm not shocked. And then I am. But then I am shocked because like my wife has had two children. No, she, her profession is not to exercise. So I can't understand the base level of fitness that someone like Tia has, but to be able to compete against the best in the world six months ish after, after and winning is unbelievable. Especially at an event like this, dude. There is so much going on here. Yeah. The heavy back squats, the fucking ruck. What Katie said though, like I don't think she would be here if she wasn't confident she could perform. Right. And I agree. Wow. So that's really cool to watch. What do you think about the guys? I just hope there's some good beef between Adler and, and Roman. I want to see that like play out. I want to see that portrayed on screen. I'm going to talk about it on Savon all weekend long. I hope that they give me enough like fuel to use to to discuss that. Like I hope they're battling it out. I hope we see some like little back and forth chirping. But beyond them, Ricky. Jason coming after that, you know, let down at the games. Valner, Fikowski, first time at Rogue. I, ah, man, I'm pumped. Just crazy. Dallin, Chandler. Down first time at Rogue. Yeah. I'm, I'm, Travis yeah. Mayer's back in competition. And he always does well there. Who knows how um, fit he's going to be? Yeah. I think I, 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 I can't wait to know some of the other details. Like last night, obviously, it was a huge, it was a huge, um, like tinfoil hat moment of me thinking that those monkey bars maybe could spin, but they look, they look like they could spin. I really want to know what kind of deadlift they're doing. Um, I want to know if there's any intricacies with the handstand pushup variation. Like the more I think about that workout and how demanding it is, I could just see them being anyhow and just having a box and just having them do it. However they, however they want. I bet it is. It's 80. Yeah. And then, um, the two unannounced workouts, like, when you look at the programming, so this is programming you've written and you have two more workouts to come out. You know, one of them is an elimination style. You know, the finale is, uh, let's just say it's sub 10 minutes. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a sprint. What, what else needs to come out for you to feel like it's a well-rounded test if that's your goal. So your goal is to create a really well-rounded test. What hasn't come out that needs to come out? Uh, I think bringing back the heavy rope, like a rogue pro heavy rope into the duel is perfect for what has been programmed to this point in the competition. If they put a rope climb in there or a machine in there, like you said yesterday, I wouldn't be super pleased, but I think the double under would fit very well. Um, like if I were to program the dual three, it would be really close to year one, but it would be double unders, handstand walk then load a sandbag to a pedestal or maybe not a hinge. I just don't know what you do in place of it there. Maybe it's one cluster, but that's still a hinge. Um, I can't think of a movement in that setting that would look great without hinging a little bit, like pulling from the floor. 
They wouldn't want to take anything from the rack. They're going to take those back squats from the rack. I don't think doing that twice in a competition is cool. So to me, a really cool test for the duel with the programming so far, not looking at all of the hinging and having the number of reps. But I know there's 120 snatches. I know there's the 40 ground to overhead. Um, can't remember the other stuff from the top of my head. But so you got so you got the 40 fat bell ground to overhead. 120 snatches, one deadlift. Yep. I would be okay with, and I can't remember what day that deadlift is on. I would be okay with pulling a bag one time from the floor and putting it on the pedestal again. I think that visual was super fucking cool. Um, but I would also think that like a moderate, I would say a moderate to heavy cluster or a set of thrusters there would be cool. But I, but I can't see that being to finish, like finishing with a thruster. That's not exciting enough for me. Um, I would be cool. I, I couldn't see them doing a squat clean and jerk either, but I think that would look cool. Like a, like a freaking. 265 or a 255 squat clean and jerk. I don't know. Uh, I think double under handstand walk sandbag load would be the ultimate cool twist on the dual one. And if they did that, they did heavy grace last year. They did some clusters. Your thought about the finale being like a squat clean and jerk. 30 reps for time, whether it's at 185 or 225 or whatever, would still kind of fit. Right. Because I do think that there's going to be another squat variation. Yep, has to be. For sure. Um, to me, I think it fits It fits in something like the duel because thrusters by nature are kind of a faster cycle time type movement. Are there movements that you think don't belong in an elimination style workout? So by nature of the mo of the format, do you think those movements need to be cycled fast? And I ask this because stepovers are get programmed all the time. They've been programmed on the online year with the D ball stepover. They were programmed this year with the chipper that had the sandbag cleans in it. Um, Josh does them all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you think some like we already have a lunge? But do you think there's room for another single leg movement? Do you think they could do step ups or step overs? Do you think step overs, even if they did 10 with 70s, do you think that still fits an elimination style workout? Or do you think it's almost too, it's just like too slow? It's too, too slow and boring too, too to watch. Grindy of yeah, a it's movement. too grindy. It's too like, oh, they're slugging it out on the box step overs. Um, and it, it's like you're not advancing the box every five reps, or then you're just wasting a fuckload of time. So it's hard to see the progression. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I don't think that fits. Um, there are definitely movements that don't belong in an elimination style. Yeah. So we're going to get the sandbag. Do you think we're getting a sandbag or do you think we're, we're, we'll get a D-ball? What I really hope is that there are these rubber Atlas stones that Rogue makes. Oof. And it would be really cool to me if they did almost like a, like a strongman type stone load ladder where they started at like 150 and went, you know, 150, 175, 200, 225, 250. What I wonder in a workout like that though is when you already have a one rep max deadlift is, mm. is there going to be something in between? Like think about doing a buy-in of Zeus pro before every single load. Like, or, or you handstand walk from one load to the next. Yeah. I mean, it, it, 
I get so excited to see the rogue programming because I love, I love programming strongman with gymnastics. I think it's right. like it, it looks the coolest. I think strongman's fear is still like a top three or four most favorite workout that I've ever seen. Um, it's just really cool to blend the two. Do you think there's going to be rope climbs after having 10 pegboard? And if there are rope climbs, what variation do you think it would be? I don't think there will be rope climbs. I wouldn't be surprised if they are. I would be disappointed. Okay, so if we just look at hanging gymnastics, ring muscle-ups, pegboard. Bar muscle-up. Yep. Do you, th do you think that's enough? 45 bar muscle-ups, 40 ring muscle-ups, 10 pegboards. Yep. That's 95 expensive hanging movements. I think that's enough. And then if we look at, and then you have to count the monkey bars too. The monkey bar traverse. So that's, that's what's how many rounds is that? Three rounds of a hundred feet, 300 feet of traversing. Right. That's a football field. Yeah. Dude, that's a lot of, so I don't really see. Yeah. Like I don't see toast bar coming out. Another movement though, that hasn't come out yet is GHD and GHD was not in the qualifier. And I could see GHD like sprinting 30 GHDs on an elimination or sprinting, you know, 20 or 15 GHDs with a med ball. Like I could still see something like that coming into out. a hand. I, I think the combo would be fucking awesome if they did a med ball GHD into a handstand walk and then finish with like one rep of a stone to pedestal or bag to pedestal. And they got the Jerry, they got the Jerry bags. Like what I was thinking about the carries is unless I'm forgetting something that farmer's position, uh, they don't have anything in that farmer's position. They don't just, have they don't they don't they don't have any kind of right. farmers carry yet. I don't think they'll I don't think they'll mess with it in a step over version like you're saying, but like seeing the game did you watch the age groups at the games? Did you mm -hmm. see that workout they had with the Jerry Can carries and they like put them on top of the pig and did burpee get overs? No. I that was a pretty cool visual. So um yeah. Burpees I think burpees, yes or no. Dude, there's probably not going to be burpees, and that's my only gripe. Because, see, you love the programming, but I always think about whether or not a competition has burpees. You always think of that, or you always think I think of that? I always think of it because of you. Yes. Uh, if, you, if you hadn't have mentioned it, if you hadn't mentioned it, and the final two workouts were the dual start with the GHD sprint, handstand walk, one odd object to pedestal that's like something cool and unique and the finale was 30 clusters at 185 135 i would have been i'd be fine with the programming i'd like it and it would be super nitpicky for me to say there aren't burpees but i'd be fine with it which is rare because like you said typically if an event doesn't have burpees in it i'm like that's kind of a miss it's like taking a squat out i i see running and getting up off the ground as almost more fundamental to human movement than a squat. Um, Cause you don't really have to squat to take a shit. If you don't want to, you can lunge shit, you know, you can, uh, you can hang off the side of a tree, dude. I mean, squatting super fundamental and you know that I love volume squatting. I really love it. But I think in terms of like activities of daily living, like your most basic necessities as a human being, getting up off the fucking ground is so important. If you're 60 years old, 65, you can't get up off the ground and you fall, your food ain't on the ground. 
Your bed ain't on the ground. The bathroom ain't on the ground. The phone ain't on the ground. You're fucked. Um, so we've got the... Anyways, that's so important we, to me. So we've... Just talking through... What the if they did get over this? They won't. Burpee chest bar. You have the fat bell ground at overheads. You have the 120 power snatches. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get a, like a heavier devil press. That that doesn't fit to me. Yes, that is a burpee, but it just doesn't fit to me with the other movements that we have because that that ground to overhead is probably going to be snatched by some people. This might be clean and jerked by other people, mm-hmm. and you have the power snatches. You've got the 40 dips of the muscle-ups. You've got the 80 handstand push-ups. There's room for, like you're saying, something inver- something else inverted if they chose to handstand walk. Or I still think bench press could be on the table. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Ah, and, I- and, and the names are really creative. They are. And because, but, and because of the names, I love that you can make inferences based on them. Mm-hmm. So like the cleanup you would think it's going to be some kind of clean and like a really heavy sandbag to pedestal or an Atlas stone makes a lot of sense. Doing a deadlift with some kind of barbell doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me to pull from the floor and do a clean with a barbell. I will say this. The one event that that completely stumped me was Texas heavy. I thought that was going to be another strongman implement like one RM. And just completely threw me for a loop. And I'm like, damn, yeah. that's fucking cool. Um, I th- also think it's really cool that I will even entertain this question of asymmetric gears as rogue programming, leaving CrossFit games programming in the dust. I think it's amazing to have a group of people separate from the entity that is the CrossFit games programming team, Dave, Boz, all them, that are putting something together like this where you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. Um, someone else asked, the, they posed this comment was that valid question. I think rogue has the advantage that they don't have to be as well-rounded as the games. Therefore they can make cooler workouts. I don't think that's true. I think the games has been handcuffed by budget and that's why they can't make cooler workouts. It has nothing to do with being well-rounded having to put on masters teams, uh, adaptive divisions teams has really handcuffed them in terms of what they can afford to do. And Rogue is not handcuffed at all budget wise. So I think that's why you see way cooler shit at Rogue. You? I think they're very different. I think the boxes that the games has to check to make the claim of the fittest on earth are just different than they are at Rogue. And I think it would be really difficult to use even nine or 10 events to make that claim. Um, there probably needs to be a little bit more adaptability from the game's perspective, maybe even than from Rogue's perspective, when talking about the methodology. And then we get into the then we get into the 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 debate of the methodology was there before the sport. So should we be trying to program the sport with the methodology in mind? And that's like just that that's a whole different podcast that we could go back and forth on because a lot of people would just say like, Hey, like being able to just see something and and do it on the fly. Is that sport or is that just what we teach as GPP learn and train new sports, all that kind of stuff. I think if you're testing the fittest on earth. That's an element of it. Yeah. So is that something that 
Rogue does. I still think they do. Mm-hmm. I know. I think today. I think Jason said they have. They had had like an hour this morning or maybe this afternoon before it starts to do uh, equipment experimentation, like to get to get touches on things that have been announced. I really like that. Yeah. You don't really see that at the game. I mean, in the warm up area at the games, you cannot do bar muscle up, which means you cannot do pullovers. Which means in the athlete area. You saw people practicing pullovers when that was announced, but right before they came out onto the floor, there wasn't access to do that. Is that just because of the ceiling height, or is that on purpose? There was an you know outdoor I mean? rig. There was in the warm-up area under the Coliseum, right up the steps. There was another rig outdoors that you could do pullovers. Oh, on. oh that's cool because like Noel didn't have access to that. Oh, uh, well, they might have put it. Not that after. not that they were doing pullovers, but right, right. Like the masters that were doing bar muscle ups, you know, had that sign that said. No bar muscle ups on this rig because, you know, so again, I think the element of surprise, the element of like, Hey, you don't get to touch the pig until you're out there on the field Mm -hmm. is really needed. But like rogue could do that. They could be like, Hey, that circus dumbbell. Sorry. Like you're not going to get to touch it till you get out there. But going off of like what Katie has said and what Josh has said, if it's supposed to be a showcase, let them play with it a little bit. Right. Right. I, I don't like that element at the games where, uh, I think some things are like, Hey, this is new. No one's done it. Nobody gets to touch it. I don't see the pig as that because half the athletes in the field have touched it. Right. And that's a stupid advantage to give them when it's been announced. It's they've had it in competition six, seven times, but you're just not going to let people warm up with it. I think that's dumb. Um, and I wonder why that is, is that Dave or Boz just being stupid and hardheaded or, is it another budget thing? Is it that Rogue only has so many? Um, no idea. Do you think the program would be any different this year at the games with the cut from the divisions of masters and age groups or and adaptives? Yeah, I think you might see a little bit more spectacle. Like I think you might see a little bit Hope more. So. Um, this is something Chase has always talked about. We're going to get to see it here at Rogue, which I'm really excited about. Seeing pegboards being done outside is such a cool visual yeah yeah. whether it's in the morning at night whatever we've never seen that at the games it's only always been in the coliseum we have seen it at the games outside carson oh yeah i'm i'm sorry i'm i'm not even yeah sorry i'm thinking about like in the north park setting right right, on a long field Yes. Where you could be doing yoke carry and pegboard sure. or sled sure. push and pegboard, like that kind, those kind of programming combinations we haven't really seen. And I just wonder if it's just a kind of a logistics thing, like a schedule thing, like the amount yeah. of time it takes to put them up and take them down and all that kind of stuff. But I think we could see some stuff like that, um, maybe use more. So obviously the next year it's it's all indoors from what a lot of people are hypothesizing because of the heat. But no, dude, I think we'll see I think we'll see more grand, bigger, sexier type stuff with I hope so. constraints. I hope so. I'm a little I wanted to talk about this at the start, but I forgot. I'm a little concerned about the new hire. You sighed. Like you were like you had a thought, but you're holding it back. You're gonna hold it back. I'm not gonna. No, hold it, it, it it was uh, it it was pretty disheartening as an affiliate owner whose affiliate dues are due in two days to like see that. Yeah. Right, and what That's, we're talking I, about is Jay. Is his first name Jay? You know, Jay that was what five years ago or whatever. But uh, it was um, 
yeah, having that stuff brought like to the forefront was kind of disappointing. That bummed. So what we're talking about is CrossFit's new director of affiliate operations, I believe is the title, is a Harvard MBA guy, former CEO, something C, something O of the bar method. Um, and he made a little video saying, hey, really excited to be working with you guys and this brand. Um, then someone else sent us a video of him at a conference talking about Hiller made a video on the guy, I believe. Um, he was at a conference five years ago, a public conference and being asked about like different training methodologies and talking about how CrossFit is dangerous, even under the watchful eye of an experienced trainer, I believe are his words verbatim. And that's, of course, you can have a change of heart. But I think what is frustrating to me, and I can't imagine being in your shoes, owing that 3K in two days and seeing this, is like, they just don't fucking get it. Like they, like none of these people who are brought in from the outside and they haven't experienced CrossFit and they haven't drank in the Kool-Aid and they haven't fell into the passion that is CrossFit they haven't fallen into the community that is CrossFit. They don't understand why an affiliate is successful. It's just uh, like I don't think affiliate owners want CrossFit to be in charge of generating new leads for them as much as they want the leader of CrossFit to have a mission in mind and a goal to lead everybody together on this crusade of fitness that is CrossFit. And I think they've just so lost sight of how anti-fucking woke, generally speaking, the methodology is. From the start, it's this, hey, you're going to come in here and you're not going to be coddled. People are sick and tired of being coddled. And they don't know it until they experience something that is, hey, you're going to come in here and you're going to do something you never thought you could do before. And prior to doing this, you would have said you've never been able to do it. Prior to doing this, you love being comfortable. You love that short-term gratification, uh, that coddled feeling. But when you come in here and you do something really fucking hard that you never thought you could do before, and then you walk out the door and you're like, holy shit, I just did that. You're going to experience something that you've never experienced before. And these other people just don't get it. So it's... Uh... Yeah, the one thing I'll, I, I don't want to speak too much about it, but the one thing I'll say is that um, people are appointed to positions and, and hired to positions of leadership because of previous leadership a lot of mm -hmm. times all i can be hopeful for is that some of the friends that i've made in the affiliate representation space that those people will be called upon by the leadership to say hey you guys have been in the trenches you guys talk to affiliate owners what what do we need to do help me understand what's going on out there and how we can make it better and that's that's the only thing I can really be hopeful for. I'm not going anywhere, you know. I'm I, right. I I believe in like in in literally and figuratively pay, uh, paying your dues. Like if I'm gonna spread the word of CrossFit and use it to try to make people healthier, I'm not gonna just act like it's not that because I don't care about having the word CrossFit on my Instagram or on my gym. Right, and so and I it it but but. There is a level of uh, pride and there's a level of comfort or discomfort in knowing what that 3,000 is going towards every day. Mm -hmm. I, th I think lastly, they are on, as a company, I feel like for a lot of people, CrossFit's on a short leash in terms of like 
with or without this HQ brand, brand, people like you, people like my boss, people like me, like we're going to carry the methodology forward of fitness, world-class fitness in a hundred words, um, and show people how to operate their bodies the right way. Um, the magic of CrossFit and it's, yeah, I, I just don't know that it's ever possible for it to go back to being what it was and grow from that without Greg leading at the helm or someone like Dave or Nicole leading at the helm when a private equity investment firm is owning CrossFit and their only concern is the bottom line and increasing shareholder value. But it's just, like you said, it's disheartening to see that we'll give the guy a chance, but it's like, where I'm so I'm skeptical. Um, and I just, I guess at the end of the day, I want to see somebody up there who's paid their fucking dues, not just some Harvard MBA stooge who just, like you said, has been in a leadership position somewhere else. And so now he's the leader of CrossFit. Like CrossFit is so in line with other challenge, like adversity driven communities. Like, you know, for instance, Dave, coming from the SEAL background where they respect people who have been through what they've been through. It's really hard for me to respect someone to lead the affiliates in general who's never owned an affiliate or has done even a fucking CrossFit workout for all I know. Um, so it's tough. Anyways, Rogue workouts look sick. Super freaking stoked about Rogue this weekend. I'm going to be with Sev on all weekend covering. JR, you're going to be there a bunch. I'll be there a bunch, yeah. T uh, first show is 6 Eastern, right? Or is it 5 Eastern and then oh, 8 shit. Eastern? Uh, 6 Eastern. Then so that, that must Eastern. be right before they go. You think they're going in a mass start? You think they're going like males go, then females go? Or females go, then males go? No ooh, no idea. Um, it's at Dell Diamond. I could see them just putting everybody together for that one, unless that hill would get too crowded with 40 people in the field which is possible because they they finish with that drag up the hill from what it looks like so maybe it'll be two heats i'm sure brian can tell us he's there or hiller brian or hiller hildy well cool All right sick episode thank you guys for watching if you have any questions that you guys want us to address on a show please send them to the instagram account or jr's personal account or my personal account send them anywhere we love interacting with you guys thank you out.